1: ironoverload.io hardcore episode 63 where today we're going to talk about healing peptides we're talking about bpc 157 and tb 500 how to use so a lot of people ask me all the time how to use these um, injuries nagging injuries over time becomes a pain in the butt and we want we definitely want to be able to heal ourselves we pound our body into the dirt when we train We do weight training, we do cardio, you know, it hurts. A lot of people out there, they do boxing and martial arts and and all kinds of little activities and sports, basketball, football, soccer, you get little nagging injuries. So BPC and TB500, they're really good uh, when it comes to injury repair and healing. They're also good for endurance as well. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. Because TB500 can can do other things besides just healing. So, yeah. So, first off, peptides. So, peptides, basically, they are being sold now. Um, Any major source out there, if you come on, on the forums, Iron Overload, you check out the sources in the banners. Pretty much all the sources are selling peptides nowadays. So, a lot of people like to use peptides. They like to use them by themselves. They like to use them stacked. And these peptides are basically going to be a white powdery substance inside a vial. And you're basically going to order the peptides. It's going to get delivered to you. And then you're going to want to store them right away in a cool, dark place. So refrigerator is the best place. Keep them in the refrigerator, not the freezer, but keep them in the refrigerator because they will lose potency over time. If you leave them out, At room temperature, they will lose potency much quicker. If you put them in the fridge, they'll lose potency slowly over time, over the course of months. After you mix them, they lose potency very, very quickly. So if you were to mix it and leave it out on your your counter by mistake, it will lose potency very, very quickly. Um, And if you were to mix it, you want to put it in your fridge and it will take about 30, maybe 40 days to lose potency. So you want to use it after you reconstitute Right away. So best thing to use to reconstitute is backwater. You can go online and buy it from any medical supply store. And you can just carefully mix in the backwater with your peptide. You don't want to squirt it right directly on the white powder but you want to squirt it kind of like on the side of the vial where it kind of slowly mixes with the white powdery substance that's in there, which is the peptide. And then like magic, now you have a ready to go peptide that you can pin. And obviously you can use a slim pin to pin it. Now, uh, BPC and TB500, they're both healing peptides, but they are going to be uh, injected a little bit differently. So Right off the bat, before we get into that, mobster, why don't you touch a little bit about this one? Because you wanted to talk about this subject. Yeah. So
0: yeah, go ahead. Yeah, listen, guys, right? So I've pushed my body at times uh as a competitor in the Grimms Grip step stuff to world class and indeed world records. I actually posted, I think, on my bulk cycle, Steve the list of records that still apply, as well as somewhere I've been knocked down from second to third to fourth or whatever else. But that's in the fucking world that the number that I've done is now the fourth best of all time. That's just so fucked. And and the argument for any of that stuff, and this comes to hard training, but especially when you're doing world record shit, is you are trying to get your body to do something that hardly anybody else does. You look around your gym and see, Steve, the guys that are training their fucking asses off. And I'm thinking especially CrossFit, where they do some absolutely fucked up shit as well. The chances of injury are that much higher. Now, Steve and I have touched upon, and this is where my story comes in, uh, looking after your joints, and specifically we refer to the shoulder joint, ball and socket. If you guys, and I think I actually made a comment on one of the forums just the other day, Steve, where the guy was doing seven exercises for the shoulders, six or seven exercises for triceps, and then I think he was doing chest. Every single movement, 20-plus exercises, multiple sets. He's only doing three body parts. Every single movement would have been around the shoulder joint, every single one. That's a level of volume that I think most professional bodybuilders won't go to, Steve i would absolutely guarantee that if he hasn't got a short put my teeth in a sore shoulder or shoulders right now he will have them very very soon even if the weights are moderate and the, and the reps aren't crazy it's just sheer wear and tear so i go into this and again i'm talking about pushing myself in particular places even my compound even my big exercises the bench, the deadlift, the squat, whatever else. These are all decent numbers. But again, I've been training a long-ass time. So there's a couple of factors here. One is the length of the time I've been training. I get old. I carry on lifting weights. I'm more likely to get injured. And the other one was I ended up where I couldn't raise my arms above my head. I can barely do it now. Cold, Steve. So this is called a uh, so-called condition called frozen shoulder. And this was fucking annoying, Steve. Uh, and I only, I've, I've had soreness in the shoulders in the past, but I started using a good solid joint product. And within 10 or 11 days of using glucosamine and up in my fish oils and so on and so forth, I, could li- I could, couldn't lie on either side. I couldn't lie on my left-hand side and my right-hand side because I'd be pressing down into the mattress, pressing down to the pillows, and it was uncomfortable as fuck. So I was kind of half on my side, half on my back. Glucosamine, the joint products, boom, that pain went away. Frozen shoulder is kind of a restriction. Almost where wear and tear on the actual joint, the little shiny part of the bone, the the inflamed tendons, the sore muscles. And here's the thing, guys, and I, I made a note of this as well. If you have any issues that require a healing peptide, like either one of these two, which are great, by the way, and it might be your elbow, it might be your knee, it might be your hip, or it might be your shoulder, as it is in my case and you keep doing stupid shit, I'm reaching out from this podcast to bitch slap you upside the head. The Literally the thing that's fucking you up and you are still doing it. So just as an example for myself, I 100% investigated using healing peptides like TB500 and BPC157. Absolutely. The feedback, and I'm not just talking about the Evo family of forums and the Iron Overload, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. I looked... In a bunch of places, including the medical review sites, and I, I don't think I've seen a single negative comment. Literally, everybody that run it as it should be run, run both of them as they should be run, has had a great response to these peptides. Others you could argue the toss about, Steve. There that, that are there's a huge list of peptides out there, guys, and some of them are very, very similar, and you need to get the right form with that. With that these two, is healing peptides. This is what they do. In fact, there's a couple of bonuses which Steve will touch upon. But they do – there's the, the saying, Steve, says it does what it says on the tin. Literally, I took this and the joint got better. I took this and my tendons were as inflamed and so on and so forth. But I will say this, as I just talked about. Don't keep doing the stupid thing you did before. Rehab. Ice. Rest change the goddamn exercise, switch <laughs> from barbell to dumbbells, switch from barbell or dumbbells to machines, do sides and rears instead of just one kind of lateral, and so on and so forth, Steve. The amount of us, and I've probably been guilty of this, and I suspect Steve has as well, we know because we've done it that we keep on doing Oh, I feel much better now, Steve. I can go back to doing what I was doing before. It has taken me close to two years, and I'm still not quite there, to get back to the level that i was doing two years ago two years ago guys uh part of lockdown had the crew in here and my pb was 120 kilograms which is 264 pounds for multiple reps and my single one rep max was 130 kilos 286 pounds not quite 300 which would have been a supermarket in the sand but anything over 100 is good and anything around 200 is lovely and it's taken me, oh, I'm, I'm just back now to 231 pounds. So I've done a bunch of rehab, which specifically in my case is different angles with just a one-pound broomstick doing 40 repetitions at one angle, 40 repetitions at another angle and so on. And by the time I finish warming up with this super lightweight broomstick, I'm finally able to get my arms above the head when I'm pressing with a barber when I said my strength's coming back. But that's two years, and that is average that is typical. It was an unreal number when I saw it right down, Steve. What the fuck? 18 months for two years. Oh, come on. I can't, I'm not going to press for two years. What they're selling us so, so far. It just fucked up. So it's taking me that long to recover. And again, feedback on this. Ironically, as Steve asked me in the show, I've got TB500 here in a cool, dark, dry place. <coughs> Thank you very much. And, 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 and exactly right, Steve says, white powder. Two milligrams in a little tiny vial. And again, what, I'll, ref, I'll echo what Steve says in terms of any peptide, and I'm thinking of growth form and other bits and pieces. Anything to reconstitute which is in peptide form is fragile. Now, it's not that fragile, but you kind of, as some guys, and it depends where you live in the world, if it arrives in your or mailbox and it's super hot or super cold, get the fuck out there and get it into the right environment as quickly as you can. But it is even more fragile as Steve said, again, once it's mixed up. So typically, we advise you to mix up just what you want. Now, I want to get into a specific that Steve and I touched upon. Right. Of the two, you want one is best. Let me have a look at this here, Steve. For example, BPC-157 needs to be injected near or into the actual site of injury for you to get the best benefits. Now, it doesn't mean you must if it was, you could inject it into your arm if it was a delt injury or, or shoulder injury, but it is a lot better and a lot more chances of healing and giving you the results you're looking for if it's close to or actually site injected, as close as you can to that tendon, as close as you can to the muscle, as close as you possibly can to the site of injury. Now, TB500, slightly different, doesn't need to be. It is more generalized and it will travel to the site for want of a better phrase. Now, that doesn't mean you can't site inject, by all means, but it won't make a difference in the same way that BBC 157 would. So make a note of this when you are listening to the show, guys. BBC 157, as close to, if not into the actual site of injury, TB 500 could be more generalized, more intramuscular, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, Steve and I was having a bit of back and forth about debate in But talk first, Steve, before we get into the the dosing and cycling of how we would use this length of time, et cetera, et cetera. Talk about and we see this a lot, Steve, the amount of people that keep doing the stupid shit that injured themselves. I know Steve's commented on this because I've seen him post on the forum going, listen, you need to rest, you need to recover. Talk about that, Steve. Yeah, and,
1: and not just that, but also you know, using these peptides bpc and tb500 after the fact you got injured instead of doing what you need to do to prevent injuries and maintenance it's like not getting your oil change on your car and just waiting for the engine to blow it's the same thing and then well now you got to pay five thousand, or or not getting that cavity that little cavity that costs 120 130 bucks to take care of taken care of now you got to get a root canal and you got to get a crown which is like two grand or 2500 to do you see, so this is general maintenance on your body. You should be working on your flexibility, on your mobility. There's a reason the most flexible professional athletes have less of an injury history. I mean, these guys never get injured. It's cuz their flexibility is so damn good. So they get bent in every different direction. They they manage to avoid injuries. Where other guys get bent a certain way and they're like out for the year. They blow out an Achilles, they blow out an ACL, whatever, because they didn't keep up with their maintenance. They don't keep out with their conditioning. We see guys hold out in the NFL until the season starts and they then they get back on the field at the last minute and then they get injured. Why? Because they didn't build up their conditioning during mini camp and training camp and preseason. So it's the same thing. You have to keep up with your conditioning. You have to keep up with your flexibility, with your mobility. That's how we avoid injuries, waiting till, oh, my God, I get an injury, and now, oh, now I'm going to use BPC and TB500 might not be the best strategy. May want to use these at, at a maintenance dose beforehand. So let's get into that. First off, I've noticed a lot, too, with BPC is now... They have different options where they have a liquid spray. You can either, and you can spray it orally, either up your nose or down, your, or down your, your mouth, whatever. They have that available. I have not personally tried that. I personally would not trust it to be as effective as injecting the peptide personally, but it doesn't mean that it won't work. But it is going to be more expensive to go down that route. So you can try that and kind of experiment with it yourself and see if it really makes a difference. I have not yet, so I can't vouch for that strategy. I would imagine it would be somewhat effective, but I would also imagine going ahead and injecting the peptide into the injury itself would be far more effective. That's just common sense and in that situation. So let's kind of stick with the injectable dosing. If you're gonna use the spray solutions, then usually it's one spray either up your nose or or down your throat. That's going to be uh, the daily dose, um, and then you can kind of go from there. Now, when it comes to the injectable BPC-157, look, at the end of the day, um, you're mostly going to see the BPC. It's going to come in a 5-milligram vial, and <clears throat> basically, the let's say the dosage is 500 micrograms. So you're looking at ten um, doses of the BPC. If you're if you were going to do 500 micrograms per day, that's not very much. All right. Now you could stretch it out and do 250 micrograms a day, or you could do 500 micrograms every other day, and you'd stretch out the vial to 20 days, or you could do every third day and stretch it out to a full month. So those are different strategies initially let's say you get an injury right and let's let's for example say it's a shoulder injury okay you have a shoulder injury maybe a little tear in your shoulder the bpc you want to basically take a needle and you want to basically extract the peptide into the syringe and you want to put PPC as close to that injury as possible so if it was a shoulder for example I'd be using a 25 gauge needle so I load up the syringe and I would use that thick 25 gauge needle to get deep into that shoulder muscle as close to where that injury is derived from as possible without hitting a vein without you know causing time inti- not going through a bone or something obviously but you want to get it close to in- deep and as close to injury as possible and go ahead and pin it into that muscle now you can use a slim pin. If the slim pin's going to allow you to get close to that injury as well, you can use like a 29-gauge slim pin, that would be fine too. But a 25-gauge, one-inch needle would get deeper, obviously, and get closer to that injury in that situation. So it just depends on the injury. So, look, the dosage at the end of the day, you want to go higher. When you first, like the first few weeks are using it, you want to go a little higher. So if you can get 500 micrograms a day, that's wonderful. If it's not economically possible, do 500 micrograms every other day or you do 250 micrograms a, a day. You know, either one of those strategies would work fine. Um, another thing that you can look at doing as well is um, is is doing, is, is transferring that from a initial dose into more transferring it into more of a maintenance dose. So you can do the first, couple bottles of it you can go every day or every other day or every third day at, at the worst and then you could kind of compress it and go every two three four days five days and then you can go every you know twice a week and then a couple you know another, another month later you can go to once a week so you want to do basically go from an initial stage of a four um injection schedule to kind of go more of in the maintenance schedule, and you want to keep maintaining it over time, or you can start maintaining it now before the injuries and do a maintenance dose ahead of time and kind of prevent injuries and kind of heal up little injuries that pop up so they don't turn into big injuries. So that would be your strategy on BPC. Uh, um, Mopser, any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I. I... I think it's more of a mental necessarily than a chemical slash physical approach, Steve, but I can see that there'd be something behind the idea of, and I'm not normally this keen on this idea, front-loaded or kick-started, if we were talking about anabolics. But listen, guys, if you're in the kind of pain and discomfort that I know some of you are, and I have been, I can see the thought process behind putting a little bit extra in at the beginning, doing dailies, doing hourlies or whatever, you know, versus uh, just running it and leaving it at the same protocol for the whole length of time. Something I want to touch upon here, Steve, and I made this as a note when we were, when you were talking just now, and I've actually mentioned this in other shows, and Steve's talked about this as well, when he's talked about professional American football. Right, The time, and I'm thinking of the strength athletes, I'm thinking specifically, and they're not the only ones, but these are the ones that spring to mind as we talk, of the Stolton brothers, the, the, the they are, and Eddie Hall was a great example when, when he was doing the approach of the 500 kilo deadlift. Steve, they would talk about the time in the gym and then the time that they spent in rehab. Now, our, most of our listeners, myself included, arguably, I might even get paid, Steve, but I'm not a quote unquote professional athlete. If I was required to compete 10, 12, 14 times a year, or worse, Steve, twice a week, like a soccer player hundreds of times a year playing both practice and on the field during an actual match as a golfer, as a tennis pro, the amount of time that I spend practicing my sport is typically, and I'm going to use a strength athletes here, Steve, three to four hours a day. What are strength athletes doing now? What are the professional athletes doing now? They are spending three to four hours a day again, just on rehab. The the uh, uptake and increase in use of ice baths and contrast baths as in the last few years, it was always a thing before Steve, but in the last few years it's taken off. The amount of professional athletes that now have ice baths, containers special, they've got the jacuzzi right next to the jacuzzi is literally another container full of water that's chilled to a certain temperature. And in and out of those two, the, the amount from Ronnie Coleman and Jay Cutler onwards, that like we're getting deep tissue massage a minimum of once a week, and even a lighter massage, relaxing massage, at least another once a week. The amount that, and I've, I've got stuff here, Steve, I've got too goddamn big to use them, but I've had massage in chairs here, and so literally sitting here doing a podcast, so five minutes before the podcast, the chair's vibrating away, and for 15, 20 minutes. I actually broke one of them machines, not because I broke the fucking chair, but because I used it seven times in one day. I think I was pressing too hard into it. So literally, I look at stuff like looking after my joints with joint products, looking after my joints with fish oils and healthy oils in my diet, massaging. I regularly had a sports massage before my big, big competitions back in the day. Uh... The, the athletes that we could talk about and the rehab and therapy that those guys do. And like I said, here's the thing, guys, and it's just a common-sense approach. We understand that it can be difficult. It's almost addicting to stop training. So I would say, first off, if you can, don't, meaning don't do the thing. Stop training. Take 40 hours, take 72 hours, take a week off. Especially if it's, a, if it's an elbow or a shoulder or a knee, something big. If it's a small thing, eh, 24, 48 hours. Number two, swap exercises. Don't keep doing that singular exercise. Steve, I've got Keys to Inner Universe by Bill Paul here with hundreds of exercises for arms and chest, hundreds for quads and so on. It's literally, I think, six, 700 pages, so thick as a phone book. And there are 40, 50 pages just on arms. So there's always a different exercise. I've become restricted. I can't do straight barbell curls. I have to use camber. I have to use dumbbells. And even then, it's incredibly hard. That's just an age thing. Tendons getting tight, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Doing crazy, fucked up grip stuff. So I can't literally roll my hand all the way over to use a straight bar. I'd be kind of cack-handed. And if I did, I'd, I'd injure myself. So I do other exercises that still hit the muscle but don't cause me pain and discomfort that's just common sense but it can be very difficult for some of us to get ahead head rounds well i like curling i like the pump i like how yes, motherfucker. but your elbows fucked your, your shoulders tight your biceps hanging on the amount of strength athletes and bodybuilders that have had peck tears from not warming up this is the kind of stuff again steve does hot yoga as a form of, of recovery and also because it help, helps with his flexibility and I guarantee helps with his recovery. It's an important thing. I don't train and we see some of the youngsters on, on the forums, this day, including IO. Some of the youngsters are training six days a week and they're in the job for four hours. I said, motherfucker, the PC's in longer than you. The amount of time you're there doesn't matter. But if you are training six days a week, you are literally allowing one day a week, For proper recovery steve wants to talk about the tb500 doses because you need to know these numbers to get the best out of the product
1: and everything mobster is saying these are things you have to be doing like just like i said the maintenance on your car the maintenance on your pool you know the maintenance on your teeth all this stuff has to be done in life as much as we don't want to do we have to do the maintenance so adding BPC and tb feet tb500 alone and just depending on them is not going to work. You have to do everything Mobster is talking about and that I'm talking about as well. There's a combination of factors. That's what keeps you, that's what kept Tom Brady around for over 20 years and healthy is because he did all these things that nobody wants to do. So talk about TB500. Now TB500 typically is sold in either two milligram or five milligram vials. I've seen some sources now do 10 milligrams. Which is pretty cool because you can save a little money when you buy a 10 milligram uh, vial of it. Um, maybe you can save like 10, 15% off the total price. So that's a good little investment to do. Now, just like the BPC, you wanna, you wanna do a loading phase with the TB500 and then switch it to more of a maintenance phase. So initially, you would go with two milligrams every day, or you could do like two milligrams every other day or every third day, something like that. And then after like two, three weeks, you can lower it. So if you're doing two milligrams every other day initially or every day, then you can switch it to doing it every day or every third day or every fourth day and then so on. And then after like two, three months, you you gradually turn into a maintenance phase where you're only doing two milligrams once a week or twice a week and so on. Just so, just like the BPC. And then with the TB500, you can inject it anywhere. Just use a slim pen, you can inject it. Usually people like to inject it into their stomach fat. You just pull up your stomach fat, boom, you inject it, it's done. It doesn't have to be injected near the injury. And it's it's systematic. It'll go throughout your body, no problem. BPC will as well, but less so. So BPC, you want to get it as close to the injury as possible. TB500, you can just inject anywhere. It's systematic. Now TB500 also will help you with endurance. I noticed that when I was using uh, TB500. It's also really good for endurance. So if you are a cardio person, you have a friend who's a cardio person, you want to get them a nice Christmas gift, TB500 is a great one to get for them because they will really, really like it. It's going to help them with their endurance. It's going to help them with their little nagging uh, feet injuries, shin splints, hip injuries, knee injuries that runners typically get. It's going to help them with all of that. So you don't want to mix them in the same syringe. Let me reiterate that again. You don't want to mix TB and BPC in the same syringe and pin. You you want to inject them separately. You can inject them minutes apart. That's fine. You just don't want to inject them together. You never mix peptides. Don't get into the habit of mixing peptides because they're very fragile. And always keep them refrigerated before and especially after you mix them to keep them their, uh, their shelf life longer. And you want to use them after you mix them as a, let me reiterate again, you want, to, you want to use them preferably within 30 days, but you can go within 40 or 45 days. That's fine. But you want to use them as soon as possible. So once you, if you get the 10 milligram TB 500, you want to make sure you use that 10 milligrams as soon as possible. You want to use it all. So that's as simple, you know, as I can put it on how to use them And the key with these peptides is the loading phase and then transitioning that to a maintenance phase and also doing a maintenance phase before you end up with an injury, not waiting till, well, now I got an injury. Now I'm going to do everything I got to do. No, that's not smart. Okay. It's the cavity versus getting the root canal and crown argument. Don't wait till you need a root canal and crown to start going to the dentist. He should be already going to the dentist and he should already be solving your cavity issue before it becomes a big problem, you know? And then you need a bridge and then you need this and then you need that. It's, it's just no, it's stupid. So main maintenance, maintenance, maintenance on your body is important, guys. Monster, final thoughts? I think it's a disclaimer, great show.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Steve. Prevention's a lot better than having to fix a problem. It really is. I touched on it earlier, Steve, when I just had to frustrate. When I saw the time scale, it's just 18 months to two years to recover. Are you fucking kidding me? And that, that honestly, and career-ending injuries. Who, who wants to talk bicep? I said, hands up in the end, motherfuckers, assuming you've got mobility. Come on. Prevention is a lot better than cure. These peptides are fantastic, and the feedback for those of you that have tried it, and again, I went online and looked at the reviews, I went on a bunch of forums, and every single person said, yes, great, pluses as well, over and above the healing part of it, but definitely that they felt something, there was an improvement. But prevention is a lot better than cure. Trust me on that one. I've just got wear and tear. It wasn't even a proper injury, Steve. Just sheer age and pounding the fuck on bench press and pounding the fuck on shoulder pressing and getting up to those kind of numbers and pushing my body to a place that was uncomfortable. So, yeah, guys, honestly, take the advice and learn from top professional athletes that are competing just in strength sports on a regular basis at world-class levels and earning a very nice living from it when they are spending as much time on rehab and recovery and these healing peptides, I guarantee it's in their stack somewhere, as they are on the training that's making them world-class athletes to begin with. So there's your advice and good news for the day. Please note, we are not doctors and the opinions are ours. It's our view and based on our experience and views on the topic at podcasts for informational purposes and entertainment only, the freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.